When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League Rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Wow, what an off-season it has been. It has been one hell of a slumber. I've completely zoned out and already it is football time. We are back and Brock is joining us live from Hawaii on his honeymoon. Good times, commitment. Aloha. Aloha. And he's about to make his way to Houston in a couple of days for the Super Bowl. Of all things that could have happened, both our teams have made it. The Falcons for Brock, Patriots for me, and uh, you've stayed on board, mate. Good decision. It's always been a, uh, a bit of a running joke, hasn't it, that the Falcons and the Patriots would eventually play off in the Super Bowl. It's been my team that's let us down, but uh, they've come good in a big way. So um, they they look good. I'm pretty confident about their chances, but um, obviously the Patriots are the, well, the best team in American sports in this millennium, that's for sure, I, I'd, I'd say, with, uh, with a lot of confidence. So... We're gonna we're gonna beat a pretty good side, but you gotta you know run with a shot. So yeah, I'm I'm uh, flying. My wife now wife is flying home in the morning uh, back to Sydney, and I'm jumping on a plane to Dallas. I'm gonna stay in Dallas for uh, four nights, and then I'm just gonna bust down and back to Houston on the day of the game. It's about a three and a half hour bus trip down there. So on a bus, nice and early, I'll go and do the uh, go and do the tailgate and go to the game, and then yeah, get on a bus at midnight. So I won't end up back in Dallas until oh, it'll be about four o'clock on Monday morning US time, and then I'll uh, I'll jump and come home. So yeah, it was a bit of a snap decision, but um, it was obviously in the plans for the next couple of years anyway. I was going to come back. We we're going to go go and do a Super Bowl, but the Falcons are in. in. We're over here, and I've got the time off work, so. Um, yeah, and, and it's relatively... It's going to end up... It's cheaper. ...half as much what it would have, yeah, to go from Australia and, you know, book all the hotels and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, it's it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. So, you know, the only, the only downside is I'm doing it by myself, but I sort of I won't need anyone to uh, have a good time and to watch a game and to enjoy it all, so... Well... Uh, and regards, I'm not really worried about the result, I think. As long as it's close and we get a good game, you know, I'm happy. I'm wrapped that they're there. I didn't expect them to beat the Packers, to be honest. Uh, and they annihilated the Packers. And uh, we're going to go to the Super Bowl a bit later. But I, I thought all year the NFC is a lot stronger than the AFC, with the exception of the Patriots. So uh, we've come out on top in the NFC. You guys, as you know, most expected, have come through the AFC. So I'm, I, I have no idea how to line the sides up because we don't really have a form reference uh, because... Atlanta didn't play uh, Pittsburgh. They didn't play uh, Houston. So well, I can't really line them up against the sides that you've played in the last couple of weeks. So the only real line through a line of form is that Seattle beat New England just, and we hammered 
uh, Seattle, but that was at the start of the year, so it's yeah, it's getting a bit technical, but um, yeah, may the best team win. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a once in a lifetime thing. We we follow the NFL like madmen as much as we do the NRL, so uh, it's going to be good. And it's the biggest it's the biggest sporting event in the world. I don't care what anyone says. So. No, nah, it's massive and uh, once I'm, in a lifetime yeah. experience. Your team's in, and on the flip side of it, let's hope this is the beginning of the trend of some of your teams playing in grand finals because all it seemed to be. Uh, since I've been alive and we've been watching sport, is the Patriots seven Super Bowls since I've been breathing and Melbourne have played in God knows how many grand finals, I think six grand finals. Yeah, um, I haven't seen, I haven't support, apart from the Red Sox in the in the baseball, but that's, I don't follow them like a madman. It's sort of, no. I'll, watch the, I'll watch the baseball come to playoffs and I like obviously when they win, but, you know, for the Titans or the Falcons to win it, that'd be... Uh, That'd be something special. It'd be really good. And to be there, like if I was there and they won it, like you can't ask for any more than that. So. No. Nah, well, if you're going to do your Super Bowl experience, this is uh, the yeah, way to do it. But uh, we'll yeah. have a quick chat about the Super Bowl at the end. As we said at the start, back to business. The rugby league season is right around the corner. Kickoff on March 2nd, Thursday night. It is the Brisbane Broncos, as they always are. First up, getting the special treatment from Channel 9. They're playing the Sharkies, the reigning premiers. But for now, Auckland Nines. This weekend, the week after that, the Indigenous All-Stars, and then most teams will play their last trial, Feb 17, 18, before they have a week off to head into the competition. But the Nines is our focus. Everybody knows now, after a couple of years, the general spectrum and the rules to the Nines. Uh, the Pools, Rengi Toto, Wahiki, Piha Hanua. I always apologise for my pronunciation. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's wrong, but I'm either in way. Hawaii. I'm probably, I might be better off saying it than you. I'm in Hawaii. It's very, uh, very much like New Zealand and the islands over here. It's... Yeah, quite nice, the island culture. I bet. But what we're going to do is the same thing we always do. We're going to have a quick chat about each team in each pool and predict uh, the one and two teams to come out of that pool. And then at the end there, we'll predict our own bracket. So quarters, semis, the final, and the eventual winner. And we'll give you the odds for each team to win it. Thanks to WilliamHill.com. Back on board, season 2017. Thank you to William Hill. Remember, if you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, especially the Super Bowl, seeing it's coming up, this week. Uh, make sure you do it with WilliamHill.com. But the first pool we've got here, Boxhead, is the Rengi Toto pool. Uh, and like I said before, when it gets to finals, these pools only play against one other pool. So Rengi Toto and Hanua will line up against each other and Piha and Wahiki for quarters and semis. But Rengi Toto, we start off with the Newcastle Knights. Uh, this is not a bad looking squad as far as strength. Obviously, they're a weak NRL side or the top 25 is not that strong. So there's a few players going over. Jamie Bura, uh, they've got Jalen Fanny, Brock Lamb, Danny Levi, someone who can get in here, Nathan Ross. There's some younger blokes as well, but uh, looking at this one overall, I think they'll be competitive, but I, I don't see them moving out of the pool, to be honest. I don't think so either. I tend to agree. Their side looks solid, but you know it's probably a fairly strong side when you look at their NRL squad in terms of players in the top squad representing. Uh, but And then you look at other teams and they still look stronger, and they're, they're not sending their strongest squad. So no. it puts you a little bit in the picture to where Newcastle is. But I do get the feeling that they're going to take this very seriously because, let's face it, they're not, they're not a chance to win the NRL, no. the, the main competition. So you think that they're going to put – I would, if I'm Nathan Brown, I'm putting a lot of emphasis on this tournament to try and, you know, at least give the fans something to cheer about, uh, try and get into the – at least the semifinals. And, you know, who knows? It's, it's the – it's the format that's 
that'll suit Newcastle if they open up and, and play some footy and things might go their way. So yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to, they're going to go. I'm not going to tip them to come out of the pool. Neither uh, am I. But I, I, think, I think they can. I think, I think they're a chance of progressing out of the pool. Yep. Well, guys to look out for. Jaylene Feeney should enjoy this format. Danny Levi, now that he's had his back surgery, very explosive out of dummy half. Uh, Nathan Ross should enjoy the free space as well. I'm looking Ross for dog. Brock Lamb to hopefully uh, take a little bit of control, show some nice stuff with his kicking game. Uh, they are $26 to win the whole thing with WilliamHill.com. Like we said, we don't have them moving out, but they have been competitive the first two years. From memory, they made the finals, and I think last year they maybe just missed or made the quarters and got eliminated. I can't remember. But the second team, Rengi Tato is the West Tigers. Uh, much the similar. They have gone lightweight on this one. Uh, the only kind of top squad players or to meet the requirements, Elijah Taylor, Luke Brooks, Josh Alloway, Joel Edwards. Uh, there's not a whole lot there going from their top squad, but there is a couple of kids to look out for. Isan Masters is a very, very good young back rower. Was well sought after, in particular by the Sharks from the under-20s, a junior Kiwi prospect. Um, there's some guys that will enjoy this format. You know, Kevin Aguama, Watson Halita, another one of their 20s players, is very good. Uh, but again, I, I don't really see this side moving out of the, the pool stages for the Tigers. They're, they've definitely gone light. Yeah, I agree Agree with all you said. Uh, I, I'm interesting, interested to see how Luke Brooks goes. Hopefully he can throw the ball around, find a bit of form, uh, build some combinations and take some confidence into the start of the NRL season, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Um, there's a couple of guys there again. I, I, I don't have them, uh, I don't have them uh, coming out of the pool either. No, interested. Uh, my first look probably at Bailey Sirenan and another Sirenan. Uh, I don't quite know his position or what he plays. I didn't see a lot of the Tigers' 20s last year, but there's another one there coming to the club and a namesake. But I'm with you. I look at a couple of guys in here. There's some good young talent, but they've gone very, very light. And that is why they are the furthest odds with William Hill. They are $29 to get out of the Rengi Toto pool, and I don't have them advancing either. So, uh, so far, we're both off Newcastle and West Tigers. So that leaves us with the Broncos and the Storm. We'll talk about the Broncos first. Pretty good side. They're sending over. Adam Blair, Darius Boyd, Matt Gillette, uh, Jordan Carhu, Benji Marshall, McCulloch, Milford, Oates, James Roberts. And they've got a very, very talented young centre winger. Uh, I'll probably mess up the pronunciation of his name. Uh, it's Gemahap Shabaski. He played Queensland 16s and 18s last year and was in the 20 side. They've got big raps on him. Uh, Jaden Sewers in there. We saw him play some first grade. So all around, they've got a pretty talented side. They're my number one to come out of the Rengi Toto pool. Yeah, agreed. On paper, they look the strongest side. Uh, agree with everything you've said again. Look, they look fast. They've got a few key players there. They've got origin-level players. Benji Marshall add uh, his little mix. I'll be interested to see where he slots in and where he plays in this format. I don't know whether it's going to give us any hint of where he's going to play come uh, the, the kickoff in the NRL season. But, yeah, I agree. They're, they look the strongest side on paper, and I've got them coming out of the pool. Yeah, and both years I've watched them. This is something most people might think I'm a weirdo because I watch this. They are the one team that probably plays the most off dummy half, I think, in this format. McCulloch's been really dominant. Uh, the two years he's been there, much like in the NRL, just getting over the advantage line, taking quick play the ball. So I think, again, this year he'll be a key player for them. But you chuck Milford. Just one thing of, um, one thing of note, they play the Storm first up. So I, I do look at the draw a little bit in terms of confidence. And, you know, whoever has whoever loses that game, they're going to be under pressure to win the next two. Yeah. So that, that might come into, into play. I'm not too sure, but... 
ideally you'd like to have an easier side. You'd like to either play the Knights or the Tigers and get yourself off the mark, and then you know you've only got to win one of your next two. So yeah, whoever loses that is going to be under pressure, and obviously Newcastle and West Tigers, one of them's going to win that game, so they're going to be have a little bit of confidence. So. It will make things difficult for whoever loses that Broncos Storm game, mate. Yeah, well, we've both got them coming out as the number one. The Brisbane Broncos, they are $6. They're the second favourites for the whole tournament with WilliamHill.com. And the Melbourne Storm, you mentioned before, they've gone young, but there's some pretty hot heels in this side. Addo Carr, we know he can burn. Curtis Scott got injured last year. Munster, Brody Croft, uh, Joey Stimson, they've got big raps. He's in line to take a back row spot. And Scott Drinkwater, another junior that they picked up, but... Melbourne, in like most formats, they kind of sent light the last two years, but they've been a bit menacing. Last year, they made the finals. Um, Solomon are going over there as well, Felice Cafusi. I kind of wanted to think that maybe that Newcastle, just because, like we said, sent some stronger players over there from their top 25, uh, probably because they basically have to, would be the number two. But I put the Storm uh, as my number two to get out of the pool. Yeah, I have, based on probably two things, the culture of the club, and the level of coaching yeah. at the Storm compared to Newcastle. That's plain and simply why I have uh, Melbourne ahead of Newcastle. Yeah, I'm with you there. And there's, like I said, some good kids. I'm looking forward to seeing Scott again, see if he's putting any more size on. Uh, Brody Croft getting a look at him and Joe Stimson for any Melbourne people out there. Obviously going to get a good look at that back row spot. He's the former under-20s captain. There's an opportunity for him. It's going to press his claims and just see that giant Nelson Solomona again. He's only 20 years old now, which is very scary. Mm, he's a big man. Mm, but they're my number two to come out. Same as you. They are $26 with Liam Hill. This pool, quite lopsided when you look at the odds. Brisbane at six and then 29 for the Tigers, 26 for both Newcastle and Melbourne. So the bookies agree at William Hill. So both of us have Brisbane one advancing from Rangi Toto, Storm two advancing from Rangi Toto. So Wahiki, yep. next pool. Sharks, Titans, Panthers, and the Doggies. I'm going to kind of do a reverse order here because I think this one's a bit easier. The Bulldogs are the one. Sorry to the fans out there uh, that have probably always gone the lightest, and it looks that way again. Well, it does. Yeah, they. there's not many, too many namesakes in there. They're, they're carrying a few bigger boys. Uh, there's a few few guys in there. I want to interested to see how Lachlan Lewis goes, uh, Michael Leisha. Just a few guys with an eye on the NRL season, obviously. Mm-hmm. Young Remus Smith, uh, you know, Brad Abbey. There's a few guys there who I'm going to have my eye on, but uh, I don't expect them to progress out of the pool. But again, it's, you know, it's hard to know how Penrith are going to go. They've got a lot of young kids there, obviously. A lot of upside in the young kids, but you just don't know how they're going to, how they're going to turn up. Uh, the Sharks, are they there to take it seriously or are they, they there to have a party? Who knows? Uh, and the Titans... They've still got, you know, a lot of players there. You know, you've got LG who didn't play a lot, but didn't play at all last year. You've got Hayne who's only recently come in. How they all work and whether they gel, you know, I think there's a lot of different ins and outs and things that could happen within this pool. So, yeah, it's I, I agree. When you look at it on paper, I think Canterbury are the one that I'd put the line through first. But yeah, I don't think... I think it's potentially there could be a real standout side in here or, you know... Potentially, also, it could be a, quite a close group. So it's, it's hard to get a read on, particularly the Panthers and the, and the Titans, just because I think they're, they're really close. But if, yeah, we're going to go into it. But I think the Sharks, on paper, look the strongest side. Yeah, well, start with the Dogs. Uh, Reynolds will enjoy this. So will Abby. They, they, well, they should. Matt Frawley is one I've watched in Cup. I think he's a very solid player. Craig Garvey will get a dummy half. Leisha, you'd hope so as well. 
Uh, but there's also some younger names there, like you said. Lachlan Lewis getting a taste. Remus Smith again got his NRL debut last year. Marcelo Montoya, I'm pretty sure he was 19 games, 19 tries in the 20s. So look out for him. And uh, Renoff Tormaga, he was uh, under 20s Kiwi representative. I didn't really see too much of him last year, but they had big wraps on him. So we're looking out for them. But uh, it, looking at it, actually, it, it is a bit of a lighter side besides probably Clemmer and Cassiano, but I don't really see them getting out of the pool. I don't have them getting out, and they are $34 with William Hill. So uh, I'm kind of with you, though. I could see them or the Panthers maybe slipping in if things did click, but I don't have the dogs advancing. No, me either. And uh, if we move on to the Penrith Panthers, speaking of young and upside, they went fairly light, but the upside of having the 20s team that's been in the grand final, you know, three of the last couple of years and won it numerous times and had blokes moving through to New South Wales Cup as these are some very, very high-level youngsters that are coming through. So Dylan Edwards has made his debut. Corey Waddell, a back rower who can ball play. Uh, they've got Jed Cartwright down there from the Titans who can ball play. Malachi's been around for a while with Teens Lesniak, but he can move. Kate Ellis, Yanni Katoa, uh, Tyron May's got ball skills. There's a lot of good young kids in this. Corey Harawira Nara, another back row that can pass, and Zach Docker Clay, another former junior Kiwi. So you mix all those guys in with Nathan Cleary, Wanga Blake, who enjoys his format, and Tama, who can offload. Uh, I don't have them advancing, but they're one, again, that I think with all that young talent, if things work out, and a lot of these guys have played together, uh, you know, that they could surprise some people. Mm, yeah, it's, well, half this squad I've had something to do with, so it makes it pretty easy to analyse it. They are a very talented group. Don't, don't get that uh, mixed up, but they are very young. So it could go one or two ways. Things could click. They could come over confident. They've obviously got some older guys there that are, you know, going to play big minutes because they're fit in, you know, the likes of Cleary and Yo. Uh, but, yeah, the, the two for me, one who we, we've highlighted all last year, we were talking about him, is Tyrone May. I'll be very, very interested to see how he goes. If he can really be one of the standout players in this side throughout the nines, he's going to really stake his claim for, you know, maybe not a starting spot or a, or a, a spot in the, the round one squad, but he's at least going to put his name in the frame for someone who may slip up or when an injury occurs. Uh, but the other one, Corey Waddell, he's a player uh, who, you know, probably two years ago, I don't, I, don't, I don't think he played SG Ball at Penrith. I don't think he was selected for the SG Ball team. Uh, I think he played Western Academy. So he's had a, a not a meteoric rise, but he's worked very hard. He's fit. He's agile. He can offload. You know, we coached against him at club level, and he was playing 5'8". So he's got, he can pass the ball. He's got a lot of aspects to his game, and he's a good kid. So I'd like to see him do well. Uh, but I agree, mate. I really agree. But again, then you look at the draw, um, and the Sharks, like we both got... Sharks and the Titans advancing, they play in the first game of the day. Yeah. So, again, whoever loses that game got a two is win. going to be under the pump. You'd expect Penrith to beat the Bulldogs, at least on form. You know, if we were going to have make a bet, we would bet that Penrith would beat the Bulldogs. Whoever then plays, uh, who, who do they play? Panthers then play the Sharks. So, if the Sharks lost and then have to come up against the Panthers who have won, you know, you could see the Sharks go bang, banging out. So, mm. It's just interesting how the draw lines up in terms of who we're picking to come out of the pool. So it's it's two pools in a row where we're picking the two to progress out of the pool are playing in the first round. So they're going to one of those sides is going to have to win then their next two. So yeah, it just puts pressure on that side. And um, yeah, but I'm with you, mate. I think Penrith very young but unpredictable. I'll just be interested to watch them play, uh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went a long way in the tournament. 
Yeah. Well, moving on to the Titans, Penrith are twenty six dollars with William Hill, and like I said, I, with the young group because they've played together, I think they've got a chance. The Titans are a bit of the opposite. I think the top side of the squad's pretty heavy, and then there's a few randoms in there. Probably some kids are not as well known, but you look at LG, like you said, he's come back from an injury, but this format will suit him. Jared Hayne will enjoy this. Ryan James is a big boy who scored 10-plus tries. McQueen can move around. Tyron Roberts, Pulu is mobile, and then you chuck in Pat Politonu, who's played a lot of cup football. Maybe I think he's played a handful of games at NRL at number nine, and uh, there's some other guys there. In uh, Vito, who's back, he can move. Johnny Olive can move. William Zillman, Tyler Cornish, they got from the Roosters. Mitch Cornish's brother, he's a half. Anthony Don can run. Uh, only a few big boys on this side are Paterica Vivoy, Morgan Boyle from their 20s. There's not really a lot of big bodies. Uh, Nathaniel Petter is a big body, but with an offload. So I was more looking at that top end talent and, and those link players like Tyron Roberts, Kane LG, Jared Hayne. All these blokes can kind of pass the football. So uh, looking at them, I think they've got a good chance to move out. I have them as my two seed moving out of the Waiheke pool yeah I've got, I've got them as my two seed as well I've got the, the Sharkies as the one uh, and again yeah as stated I think it'll suit Payne and LG but how they mix and how you know what Neil Henry's goals are for the tournament could play a big role here and you know if they lose that first game of the Sharks you know how their confidence is and you know whether they can manage to string two wins together uh, to come out of the pool I'm not too sure um, but yeah I, last year the Titans played really well in this tournament so I like to think they could repeat that yeah I think the format suits them and that's the other thing with the Sharks uh, their squad's a little bit lighter from top to bottom again similar to the Titans but they've been really good every year at this format they seem to really really embrace it so Gold Coast Titans as we move on from them you've got them as your two seed or one seed I've got them as my two. So they're your two as well. We've got the same. They are $10. They're the favourite to win that pool with WilliamHill.com. The Cronulla Sharks, they are $15. But you look at the top end of this, Wade Graham, great ball playing back row. I can kick. Suits his format. Luke Lewis suits his format. Matt Pryor's mobile. Uh, Heinington, Gerard Bill. Kurt Catewell is a bloke I really, really like. Um, he suits his to a T, and he comes from that Ipswich Jet setup. So he suits this. Yeah. Joseph Paulo. Yeah, yeah, Jack Bird has been one of the best players the last two tournaments. Manai Charrington, who was at the Tigers and got frozen out, which is ridiculous. He suits this format. Uh, and then yeah. even looking at the young kids, it does get a bit lighter under here. But Kyle Flanagan's a good young half, the son of the, the first-grade coach. You've seen a lot of him. Jesse Raymond can move. He played in the Manly 20 side that made the grand final the other year. And then you got blokes like Sione Katawa, who's a try-scoring machine for their 20s. And Malachi Huma, let me tell you, he's a big boy, but he's mobile and he can offload. He's a bit older, hasn't cracked first grade, but he's been in the cup system for a while. So uh, looking at their side, uh, I think they're, they're my one seed to advance, and mainly from that top-heavy bit. But Wade Graham, Lewis, Bird, all these guys can ball play and kind of offload. And then you chuck Charrington in at dummy half. Uh, I, I think they're a definite to move out of this pool. Yeah, the splitter for me, and you know, I went over the splitter in the previous group. Splitter for me is the fact that the Gold Coast made the finals last year, but they were the worst defensive side. The Sharks were the best or one of the best defensive sides. I think the reason I've got them ranked one is because I think defensively they're going to hold their own, the Sharks, and I still have that question mark hanging over the Titans. I think that's the, the question mark moving forward when we're talking about NRL and club culture and whether they can win a comp. They need to get their defence sorted, uh, and that's something that I don't have to worry about with the Sharks, and that's why I've got them ranked number one coming out of the pool. Yep, and I've got them ranked number one. Again, the odds for them, $15 with William Hill 
Sharks.com. So we are identical again on this one. Sharks number one seed from Waiheke and the Gold and Coast. we didn't talk. We didn't talk prior to the pod. So. Mate, I haven't spoke to this bloke uh, on the phone in almost a month. And I see yeah, some I left text. On, when did I leave? I left on December 23. So we haven't, we haven't spoke since... December 22, so... Basically, been letting you enjoy yourself, buddy, while I've been working. Good times. But I did this to you last year, in the middle of the season when I went to Europe, but uh, we've got the same thing here. Sharky's number one seed, the Gold Coast Titans number two from the Waiheke pool. So we move on now to the Piha pool. You've got the St. George, Illawarra Dragons, Parramatta Eels, Manly, and the Warriors. There's even favourites here, Parramatta and the Warriors, and then outsiders, according to the odds is the Dragons and Manly, but I think we both agree that the Dragons are a bit of a dark horse for this one. I think they're fairly underrated, and the Warriors, who will start with the home side, the favourite just about every year. Stephen Kearney obviously placing less importance, and I don't blame him. I'd be protecting my assets. He's gone the bare minimum, and he's gone pretty top-heavy with forwards. Yeah, he has. They look a heavy side, don't they? Whereas in years gone by, they, uh, they've been fast, and they've picked... You know, aside to try and win the tournament, I think he's moved away from that with the eye of, you know, why are we trying to win a nines when we've probably got a squad that is underachieving in the NRL, which I think we'd all agree with. So, yeah, I, I like the fact he's put the focus on the NRL, if that is the case. Um, and it looks from the outside looking in that that is the case. So, uh, yeah, it's a toss up between them and St George for me as to who comes out of the pool. Uh, and I don't have the Warriors coming out of the pool. I've got them coming out, and that's purely on you know the fact they're at home, they enjoy this format, and even though they've gone a little bit off the reservation, this style of football, even with their big boys, seems to suit. This is just kind of what they do. But the main things I'll highlight, Artie Ngano, I mentioned before, he's played New South Wales Cup since he was 18, played again last year as a 19-year-old. Much like Nathan Cleary, in my eyes, one of the best young halfbacks going around. There's not enough genuine halves anymore that have an old head on young shoulders and can actually control a game. He doesn't play under-20 style football. He can, but he can control a game. So he's one to look out for. Qatar's always fun to watch. Lola here. Sean Johnson. And there's a couple of big boys uh, in here as well. Tolafoa Sipley, who got a taste of NRL last year. Uh, Bunty Arfoa from the 20s. But yeah, they've gone a bit more top-heavy. And Ruben Wickey's in there. So when I saw that again, I kind of took that uh, as a less serious note that they were willing to send a 44-year-old. so Yeah, it's it's gone away a little bit from that this year, hasn't it? Like, Ruben Wickey's probably the only one. He is the only one, I think. Yeah. So, or um, Jeff Lima. Yeah. Jeff Lima's still playing. Yeah, he's playing for the Raiders. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. He's probably the closest in terms of age, I think, or, or been around that long or probably should retire. Yeah, um, there's not many left. Yeah. It's, uh, I've got the Warriors coming out mainly on those facts, but well, when we get to the Dragons, uh, well, you're right. They've got they've also you know they've got the home support. Like, yeah, they love it. Have the majority of the crowd pulling for them, and they'll get a, a bit of nos out of that. So, hundred um, percent. Yeah, that, that that's a big upside for them. They love a bit of nos. Uh, they're seven dollars, so they're one of the favourites. I don't think I rate them quite that highly, but all those things you said. No. I think they will get out, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Dragons pipped them. They're a pretty good side. But moving on to Manly, $34. They are one of the, I think, equal last with the the Dogs, with the Bookies and WilliamHill.com. Manly, uh, they've gone the bare minimum. Brent Lawrence is off a major surgery in almost two years without playing rugby league. Uata, who's just moved there. George Tafua. There's a couple of guys there that are exciting, but there's no real halves in this squad. There's Peter Godinay, but Cameron Cullen, a couple of these blokes. But you look at it all around. It's a bit of a ragtag throw together. Siernan's probably going over to get some minutes in his legs. Martin Tapao, 
Fanua Blake, there's a bit of power there in Dylan Walker, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. Even if you put their best side out there, say with Walker, Tapau, Blake, Sirenen, uh, it's more the defensive side that worries me a bit more like you were talking about the Gold Coast Titans. They, they weren't exactly one of the better defensive sides last year, and it's not the strongest squad all around. No, two names, uh, well, I've got four names circled here. Brian Kelly, I think, uh, hit, he's been pinched from the Titans, or not pinched, but signed from the Titans to Manly. I was disappointed we let him go, obviously. You know, with the signings we made, we had to let someone go. But and then you look at the Warriors and the Broncos and who they signed. Let's not even get into that. We might get into that later in the year. But uh, I think he, he is one that could really step up and stand out in this format because he's, he's young and exciting and I expect him to do good things in, at Manly. The other one is Achille Mate. I, you know, change of club just sometimes ignites players and if he gets back to anywhere near his best form and this is a format which you know he could build some confidence I'm going to be interested to see how he goes Sean Lane uh, I like Sean Lane yeah. he's been bumped around and hasn't really got to run anywhere but you know he's only a young fella and from what I've seen of him I liked uh, and Curtis Sirenen I'd be interested to see whether he actually looks like a footballer because you know he's gone from the Tigers now where he was you know tied there through his last name and Manly probably picked him up on the cheap, I'd imagine, but this is sort of last chance saloon for Curtis Sirian because he's, you know, he's, he played reserve grade for most of last year and couldn't get a run in a Tiger side who was would have been the wooden spooners if they didn't come up, you know, Newcastle went in the competition who were probably the worst football side to run around in 20 years. So, uh, look, I, I've got my question marks on Curtis Sirian. He's going to have to do big things early in this season, otherwise he's going to spend another year in reserve grade. And, you know, he... His career might go down a gurgler. Yeah, well, they've made uh, a couple of random signings. I'm happy again. Like you said, a fresh club and a fresh start. Jared Kennedy, he's moved there. He's in that nine squad. Uh, their back row positions are open, so it's probably between him, Curtis Sirin, and a couple of these blokes to try and get one of those spots. I hope he does get a look in because uh, it's probably close to the best player in New South Wales Cup last year, and he couldn't find a game. Canberra, obviously, were very, very good, but uh, this is a good opportunity yeah. for him at Manly. But, yeah, there's a lot of guys there more for that reason. Like you said, I'm interested to watch because it is their last chance. Yeah, I don't have them coming out of the group. No. That's it. I don't have them coming out of the group. I don't think they're $34 bad uh, as they're rated by the bookies. But, yeah, I don't have them I coming out of the group. I agree that as well. It's, uh, the Parramatta Eels, equal favourites with the Warriors to get out of this pool with William Hill. They are $7. They're a team I do like. Uh, and it's for, again, you look at some certain players – Corey Norman's been a standout in this format the last two years. He's really enjoyed it. But then you look at some other players. David Gow, who passes way too much in the NRL format. This probably suits him a little bit because he likes to think he can ball play. So we'll see how he goes in this one. Kenny Edwards uh, naturally got some good feet, can pass. Jamal Fogarty, one for everyone to look out for. Former Titans and uh, Junior Kangaroo plays halfback, fullback, fiveback. Very fast and explosive. He was in the Queensland Cup side, Burley. They got flogged in that state championship last year. But he can play. And then you've got Bevan French. So uh, that, along with Rad Rara, who he may be on the way up, but he'll enjoy this format. Hanetti Tua was one of the top try scorers, fullback winger from New South Wales Cup. Tepai Morrell was mobile. Troy Dargan played New South Wales Cup out of the 20s, another half. This is a, a fairly good side. And then you throw in Gutherson, Hoffman, Matungi, who's mobile and powerful. It, it's, you know, this side I think is definitely coming out. They're my one seed. Yeah, agree. They're my one seed as well. Uh, the one name, Troy Dargan. I've seen a lot of him. He's very talented, super talented. I'll be interested to see how he goes. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Semi Radradra. 
Uh, Corey Norman, I uh, hopefully he can be a leader for this side. They're, they're screaming out for a leader, Parramatta. They lost Nathan Peets, who I thought was a good role model and a potential leader for that club. Corey Norman's going to come up and fill the void because, to me, Tim Manor, I don't know how long he's going to last. I know they've just signed him on another long-term deal, but they've named him captain. I think it's Brad Arthur saying, you know, pull your head in, stop acting like a dickhead uh, because, you know, he derailed their season. I know their, their season was obviously derailed long before he got suspended, but, you know, any gas they had in that last, you know, six games, he took out of it with his suspension. So I think he owes the club a little bit. Uh, and the other name is Nathan Brown because I, I like him. I thought he went really good at South last year. He's very angry. He's got that, yeah. He's got that rub out of his game, uh, and I think he can have an impact in this format because he's fast and he can pass the ball. And you know, the, the other notable Bevan French, he, he jumped onto the NRL scene in this tournament last year, so I think he'll be a, uh, a standout. A little side note: the Jennings brothers, both of them are playing in this tournament. Uh, Robert with South and George with Parramatta. Hopefully they can both overcome some injuries and we can see uh, them play some football because realistically for the last three or four years they've both had injuries, major injuries that have held them back. So mm. uh, I don't know whether they're going to be as good as Michael or have uh, as successful careers as, as Michael has in the NRL, but they've both uh, got as much talent. Uh, hopefully they can stay injury-free and we can see some of that. Yeah, well, I'm a big fan of George in particular because he's probably not as fast as the other two, but he works very, very hard, particularly in yardage. And uh, seeing as though they lost Vitao tie and they're maybe a little light on, I think if he stays healthy, there's definitely an opportunity to get a couple of games on the wing this year and be a contributor for the Parramatta Eels. But I'm with you. Norman, French, Edwards, and Rad Rara in particular. Uh, and then you chuck in Gutherson, Hoffman, all those guys. I, they're my number one coming out of this pool, the Parramatta Eels, $7 with WilliamHill.com. And then who we got here? Pihar to finish off. It is the Dragons. They're your two seed coming out. And I think a lot of people probably just crapped on them because they think they're going to go bad in the NRL. But when you actually look at the makeup of this and the kids they've got, and if you don't watch the 20s or Cup, it's actually a fairly decent squad and very suitable. Frizzell is very mobile. DeBellin is mobile and could pass a little bit. He probably ball plays a little bit too much. Tarek Sims. Joel Thompson. So there's a couple of mobile guys there, along with Luciano Leilua, who's a giant who can pass as well. And then you put in guys like Ewan Aiken, who can break tackles. Nona, who was part of that cup side that won. Jai Field, who's been talked about possibly getting a run in the NRL. He's probably a little bit too light, but he was a runner-up for the 20s player of the year. Matt Dufty scored a ridiculous amount of tries and can pass. Tane Milne loves to break tackles. Uh, there's a lot of speed and some potential here for some offloads and some damage to be done. And Paddy Herbert, another great player out of that setup. Uh, the only thing probably lacking when you look at it again is, is a solid standout number seven. But Cameron McInnes, he doesn't mind burrowing out a dummy half and running. So uh, I, I can understand why you've got them as your two seed. And it wouldn't surprise me if they took uh, the spot and got out of the pool ahead of the Warriors. Yeah, it was a coin flip between them and the Warriors. But, like, you've gone through their side. Frizzell, I like Nino McDonald. He did big things at the Titans last year. You just mentioned Cameron McInnes. I'm going to be interested to see how he goes. I don't know whether... I think he got a bit of a raw deal at South, to be fair. Oh, he got, uh, he got, he got shivved. Yeah, so I, I like Joel Thompson, you know, Tarek Sims, Sean Nona. There's a lot of guys here who I think could potentially break out in this format. The other thing is, is just looking at it from, you know, a, a wider or broader perspective, I think there's going to be an over-adjustment from the way that the Dragons have been coached because the major criticism of the Dragons last year was that their attack was poor. So... 
And Paul McGregor, I think, hears that noise more than other coaches do. So I think in the off-season, the Dragons would have done a lot of work on their offense. And I think their defense is, as we know, it was number one or number two in the, the NRL a few years, well, two seasons back, and they made the top eight. And we all agree that their offense was horrendous. So I just expect them to come out and they're going to play a, probably a more upbeat and more open style of offense because they know that they're going to have to in order to challenge to make the top eight and be any threat of winning the comp. So I expect that over-adjustment. And, uh, I think that... It, gives the Dragons a slight advantage and then back to what we said about the Warriors I think their focus is going to be on the NRL not so much this tournament and for me if you're ranking the two defences one against the other I'd I'd rather be on the Dragons than on the Warriors but Mm. um, I've got the Dragons coming out um, and I've got the Warriors missing out yeah and uh, definitely keep your eyes on Jai Field Luciano Leilua you know about Matt Dufty and Tarn Milne. I reckon Tarn Milne at the back end of last year, those last five or six games made a massive difference for them uh, out in the centres. Deceptionally, uh, deceivingly, sorry, strong. Come out of the Roosters system under 20s and was a junior Kiwi. I really like Tarn Milne. So they are. And the, the price of the Dragons? $26. Yeah, see, for me, that'd be my value bet. Out of all the sides I've looked at so far in the odds, um, I'm going to have a $10 bet on them, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I like the Sharks at 15. I think that's pretty generous, to be honest. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, for for me, you know, obviously, I think we both agree the Sharks are good. This is a one, to me, a bit of a sleeper, potentially, the Dragons. So we'll yeah. see what happens. See what happens there. But Parramatta and the Warriors, favourites to get out of that, the Pihar pool at $7 a piece, man, like 34 and Again, sorry to, sorry to jump in over the top of you. Again, they play each other. So for me, my the two that I've ranked one and two, they play each other first game. So it's going to put pressure on again whoever loses that game. So I'm setting myself up to fail. Eleven life. So you've got Parramatta one and the Dragons two from Pihar, I and know, yeah. I've got Parramatta one and the Warriors two. But again, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the Dragons got out. The last pool is the Hanua pool. They've got the North Queensland Cowboys, the Sydney Roosters, the Canberra Raiders, and the South Sydney Rabbitohs. This is a fairly strong pool. Um, but there's a clear standout, and we'll start with them. It is the North Queensland Cowboys. They're paying $5 with William Hill, and how could they not? You look at who they've put in. Gavin Cooper's been just about every year. He loves his format. Gideon Mosby-Geller, he's scored an absolute swag of tries and a speed to burn. Granville's going to love this format. John Asiata can ball play on his mobile. Java Bowen, speed to burn. Benny Hampton is a you know fairly small man who more of a utility for Melbourne the last couple of years, but he'll like this. Cohen Hess is big and mobile. Kane Lynette can move, Ethan Lowe, Michael Morgan, Justin O'Neill, Tom Ilo, and they're sending JT for Christ's sake, as well as Callum Ponga, who breaks people's ankles in a 13-man game. So you chuck him in this format. This side is absolutely stacked. Yeah, you run through it. Um, look, they've won it previously. They take this tournament seriously every year, and the pressure's now off them. They're not defending premiers. So uh, I think they'll be well-rested. And as you said, they're stacked. Um, the, the few names, the one um, that I highlighted was Gideon Gellin-Mosby, probably because that's the one that the majority of people wouldn't have seen if you if you don't watch a lot of the 20. So he's one to keep an eye on. But otherwise, yeah, you've, you've highlighted it. And, uh, I, I want to see how Cohen Heath goes after uh, an off-season because I thought he went really, really well, particularly during the finals when they needed him. I think he played well above his uh, experience and his talent level and with a with a good solid three to four months preseason under his belt, I think um, he could step up and go to the next level. But it's pretty scary when you look across and you're going to see 
Tamalolo and Thurston uh, just before you even go into any, any of the others that you've mentioned. But uh, yeah, yeah, I've got I've got them winning the pool. That's for sure. But when you've got Lowe and Cooper as well. Both their halves, Morgan, JT. So basically, they've got both their back rowers, a middleman in Tama, both their halves running that. And even if they switch things around, John Asiata plays really good as a link man. Benny Hampton is an NRL standard half. So when they do their subs, when I look at this team, there's not really much of a drop-off. They may slow for a little bit, but even on the big boy front, uh, there's not really any monsters in this. Corey Jensen's like an out-and-out front rower. I don't know too much about Sean Wright or Sean Hudson, what positions they play, to be honest, but uh, this is a very well-rounded side, mobile, good footwork, good pair of halves, and then there's a third half there. So generally when they rotate their side, they're always going to have a ball player and they're always going to have speed on the field. And they basically don't have an out-and-out front rower in their squad. No, they've like gone. Asiata, like John Asiata is, but he's got good leg speed. Yeah. But Town Waller, who's middle, but again, leg speed. Carlton Hess, a middle leg speed. I, they're hard to control 13 men on the field defensively so I don't know how teams are going to stop them at nine uh, yeah just to me if they can hold on to the ball and obviously they you know you go through all the technical part aspects of the game but they hold on the ball and uh, Jonathan Thurston plays a majority of minutes and you know the, the guys around him do what we expect of them they, they, I don't know I don't know who beats them from what, what, I've, what I've seen and yeah. their odds reflect that yeah, the odds reflect that. They're the $5 favourites for the tournament with WilliamHill.com. I was very lucky yesterday. They were $9, and that was literally just as it was announced. Bookies obviously didn't adjust straight away. But um, if I lost that, let me tell you, I'd be pretty heartbroken because I'm with you. I, yeah, I, I, don't think there's, I don't think there's been a bigger standout. Even those Warriors sides before, that were strong. But I think this is uh, probably the strongest side I've seen named in this is the third year, is it, of the nines, I think? This is the fourth year. The fourth year. All right, there you go. I, I think yeah, I think North Queensland won it the first year. And then it was the Sharkies. Uh, what that was South. South's uh, won it when I, that's right. Year. I missed that uh, when I was yeah. in uh, Thailand. I missed that tournament completely. Yeah, the South won it as back to back premiers. Yeah, they won that. Oh, sorry, as as defending premiers, they won that and then won the World Cup Challenge. So yeah. and then they fell in a heap two months into the comp. So yeah, they beat the Sharkies and then last year Parramatta won it and they got stripped of it. So yeah. Uh, the last two have been a bit defective, but the Cowboys' heavy favourites, we've both got them as our number one seed coming out of the newer pool. The Sydney Roosters next up, they are $23 with WilliamHill.com. They haven't taken a whole lot of talent over, much like Penrith. They've had a very good 20s and New South Wales Cup set up. They've got some good kids backed up there. So Johnny Tuovasashek, uh, Chris Smith, who moved over from Penrith, Ryan Madison, Paul Momorowski from their 20s. Uh, Paul Carter's a good pickup for them. It's a, it's a bargain buy, and we all know how this works. Players like that seem to keep getting opportunities, and it's in a good pickup for them. But Latrell Mitchell, Joseph Manu's got dazzling feet, and then Connor Watson, who I thought did a really good job at the back end of the year and provides them with a great option this year, having Kiri come across to help out. So uh, just a quick mention for the NRL. So I think they'll be a resurgent side this year, but we'll go more into that with our season previews. But uh, there's some pretty good kids in this squad, along with... Mitchell Orbison, and there's a few boppers there. Gare is pretty mobile. Ted Ivano's a bigger boy. Um, I don't think they'll get out of the pool, but there's some definitely some kids to watch. Agree. Yeah, agree with everything you've said. They won the 20s, obviously, last year in a bit of an upset, but they're stacked with juniors. Uh, the two names I've highlighted, Latrell Mitchell and Ryan Madison, again, they were first-year NRL players. You know, I think Latrell might have played a few games back in the year before, did he? Or was his day nah, last, last year? Last year was full. Yeah, okay. So last year, 
Uh, yeah, to me, again, after a big off-season, I think they'll... Um, I'm going to be looking to them to really step up and uh, as second-year players. But again, yeah, you go through their squad, there's a lot of uh, good youth through it. Uh, they could potentially come out of the group. I don't have them coming out of the group. Um, obviously, I've got the Cowboys and then uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. But uh, the Roosters, again, I think this is the strongest pool. Uh, yeah. Probably the other one, the Sharks and uh, Sharks, Titans, Titans Panthers. That's, that's a strong strong pull and then you know St George Eels Warriors that's that's a toss up as well so yeah I think this is this is the pull without a clear put a line through them team so uh, you know whoever comes out of this pool in second spot I think Cowboys are a standout I think they'll beat all these sides but whoever comes out second is going to done a have done a very good job to come out of this group. Yeah, 100%. And uh, much like you, you had those two players. Mine are Connor Watson and Joseph Manu. Joseph Manu, given what's going to come up this year, I don't think the Roosters will re-sign Daniel Tupo and Sean Kennedale. I think he's in waiting to grab a wing spot or a centre spot. And Connor Watson plays well above his size. He's tough as nails, that kid. And he really balanced things out last year and helped them the back end of the year. So... Uh, whether he gets a run off the bench this year, he'll probably be competing with Madison, I guess, for that role because Kiri looks to be the sixth. They've got a great kid there and a backup uh, for a couple of positions, whether it be nine or on the half. So he'll enjoy this format. But $23 with WilliamHill.com are the Roosters. Neither of us have him coming out. Next up, the Canberra Raiders. They are $26 with William Hill to get out of this pool. They've kind of got like a split set up again. There's some guys in there, Anthony Maratis, Makahisi, Makatoa, Topatorfua, um, Mark McCormack, there's some random names in here they've gone pretty light on but then at the same time they're sending Caesar and Austin um, which is crazy to me if, if you're going to avoid sending any names over there and it's pretty hard because they've got a stack side I don't think I would have sent my starting Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Carbs pairing, but uh, I think... One bloke who really will enjoy this is Zach Santo. Very fast, very light on his feet. Brent Naden, who was formerly a Panther, will enjoy this format. And then a bloke who you highlighted, and I've seen a lot of now, Nick Kotrick. He's an absolute gun. Uh, he played centers in the 20s, suited to fullback, can play either. Big body, young, powerful. He's got first grade written all over him. Yeah, I think it's a matter of time before he takes um, Jack White and spot at the back. I think he should take Edric Lee's wing. I've argued with a lot of people that I wouldn't have Edric Lee in the side. I don't think he does anything in yardage, and I would have no fear, like most players, getting blooded in on the wing of putting Nick Kotrick straight in the first grade. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Um, I probably would have put him in last year, but anyway, yeah. that's, that's a, another discussion for another day. But tend to agree, Caesar and Austin are going to have a big impact if... You know, these other men that are obviously in the middle of the field and they're big players that they've got going can create. Look, Brent Naden, he was a great 20s player um, and a good good kid. Uh, going to be interested to see how he develops over the next two or three years. Obviously, Penrith had to let him go. They, you know, they, they got a sport with Richard. Oh, they stacked. He's one that they've, they've let go, but potentially he could be a superstar. He was touted for, for massive things at the Panthers. 
but last year was probably a little bit of a year lost for him. He played a little bit with Mounties, didn't he? But, yeah, he moved over there, got to play in the uh, grand final, but I, I commentate those games every week. I mean, in particular, we do Mounties games a lot. I didn't think he was much of a standout in that format. Let's put it that no, way. No, I agree. From what I saw, I, I agree. So this year is going to be a big year for for Brent. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. But I don't know him coming out of the pool. But no. again, I think they're similar to the Roosters in that they've got you know some players there that can cause some trouble and do some damage potentially. And particularly if South Sydney, who I do uh, are our next side and who I have coming out of the group falter to one either the Roosters or the Raiders is going to put put pressure on South and it's going to open this group wide up. Yep, well I agree I don't have Canberra coming out but definitely watch Nick Kotrick. The other one's Jordan Turner the utility they signed from the English Super League uh, convinced yeah. to come over by a couple of Poms that are already there. He from plays St, uh, from St. Helens. Yeah, well he plays a bit of back wears row. A, he wears a gig. You know, he, he's going to look like um, Tony Martin. He reminds me a little bit of Tony oh, Martin. Oh no, the headgear. Yeah, he wears sort of a headgear that, you know, it almost hides his face. So. He needs to chuck not, the torpedoes on. But he just, you know, he just sort of, the look reminds me a little bit of uh, of Tony Martin. So yeah. I, watch, I obviously watch a lot of the, the Super League, which is kicking off. I think it might even kick off. I think it's a week after the Super Bowl. So I'll get home just in time for for the start of the Super League. But, um, yeah, he goes okay. And, and look, Ricky Stewart's had pretty good success with the players he's brought over from England to Canberra so you know hopefully he goes well because I want to see more English players coming over here and it's the only way we're going to strengthen the international game that's for sure well if Pommies are going to go anywhere Canberra's a pretty good place to adjust to let's put it that way so he's one to look for he can play six back row centre he's a bit of a fill-in man and the last one is Paul Roach I have no idea about him but he's a junior rugby prospect they just snagged him he's only 18 years they've obviously got a massive opinion of him because he's straight into this squad they literally only signed him last week but he was touted for huge things by a lot of uh, All Blacks and as a junior All Black so look out for him as well but moving on to South Sydney we both have them as our two seed uh, Adam Reynolds pulling out does hurt my opinion of them getting out of the pool um, I thought when I saw his name Damian Cook and Cody Walker straight away with those three and just what was around it I had them getting out, but I think now with Reynolds out, it is really, really open between them, the Roosters and the Raiders, as we've said. But uh, you've got some other guys there. Angus Crichton finally broke into first grade back into last year, pretty solid. Alan Gray finished the year very strong. Sasifa Talakai, very, very powerful out of the 20s. Terrell Fuimaono, junior kangaroo, multiple times. Centre-back rower, Braden Burns out of that 20 system at Penrith. Uh, Johnston, we all know Alex Johnston, speed to burn. Heimel Hunt. Robert Jennings, Tom Burgess, big but mobile. It is a pretty good side. Robbie Rocco is pretty mobile. Anthony Charrington, former Kiwi international for Christ's sake, been injured for a while but can offload and can do some things. But uh, probably the two names that stand out, Cook and Cody Walker for me, that will really enjoy this format. Yeah, the one, uh, Toro Fuimona, he's originally a Penrith junior, went to Parramatta. I had a little bit to do with him. God, this was going back to 2010, but... He was a standout then. He played up an age in Arathis and SG Ball all the way through. Up an age again in 20s. He's only a young, a young man who's probably going to do pretty big things. Uh, so he's one to keep an eye on. Uh, but other than that, agree. I, I think we both we both really like Damien Cook probably more than a lot of other people like Damien Cook. Uh, but looking across the side, agree they, they don't have uh, 
any real heavy players, and the and the bigger guys they've got are mobile and can pass a little bit. Uh, it's just it's going to put a lot of pressure with Adam Reynolds coming out on Cody Walker to organise and steer the side around. That's the only real question mark. But yeah, uh, if they play a nine base game, Damien Cook will take care of that and take the pressure off Walker. So uh, I've got them coming out on paper, but again, it's uh, a very very close group this one. Yeah, well, I've got them coming out as well. They are seventeen dollars with William Hill, so. Uh, they're the second favourite for that pool. That pool was just lopsided. Cowboys five dollars, seventeen for Souths, twenty three the Roosters, twenty six Canberra. But uh, Roosters or Canberra and Souths now, especially with Reynolds out, his kicking game when they won it the other year was vital. Uh, I think that kind of hurts. But now what we've got is a bracket. We have our one and two seeds from each pool, so we're going to try and predict the quarterfinals. So what happens in quarterfinals is Piha plays Wahiki, Hanua plays Rangi Toto. So from Piha, I have Eels and the Warriors. Brock has Eels and the Dragons. Wahiki, we both have Sharks and the Titans, if I'm correct. Uh, Hanua, we both have Cowboys and Souths. And Rengi Toto, we both have Broncos and the Storm. Yep. All right, so if Piha, one, played Wahiki, two, I have Eels and Titans, and I have the Eels. Okay, let's, go, let's go in the order of the draw. The draw's going to be... First Wahiki versus second Piha is quarterfinal one. All right. Well, in that case, I would have the Sharks, and they'd be playing the Warriors. Yeah, I've got Sharks versus Dragons. Yep. And I've got I've got the Sharks going through. Yeah. Well, I've got the Sharks winning through as well, so they move on from that side of the draw to the semi-final. Yeah. The second quarterfinal two is second Wahiki first Piha. Yep. So I have Para versus the Titans. Yep, same. I have the Eels winning through. Yep, same as me. So, Eels versus Sharks on Piha Wahiki side in the semi to represent in the final. I have the Eels just beating the Sharks. Yep, I've got the Eels going through as well. All right, so the Eels are the representative from that side of the draw. They're from Piha, so Hanua and Rangi Toda. Yeah, so quarterfinal number three is first Rangi Toda, second Hanua. All right, so I'd have the Broncos versus Souths, and I have the Broncos winning through. Okay, I've got the same game, Broncos-Souths, but I've got Souths winning through. Yep, and the other game is Hanua 1 versus Rengi Toto 2. I have the Cowboys versus Storm, and the Cowboys winning through. Yep, same as me. And then the final, uh, sorry, semi-final for that side, Cowboys-Broncos. I have the Cowboys beating the Broncos. Yeah, I've got Cowboys, Rabbitohs, and Cowboys winning through. Yep, all right. Well, our final's exactly the same. We only had, I think, two teams different out of the actual pools. Uh, so Eels versus Cowboys, again, every year, I think someone, there's usually someone that stands out, but I don't think anyone's been any clearer than this. I think the Cowboys win this one. Yep, I agree. I think they're the best bet. If I'm going to have a bet, it'll be on the Cowboys to win it. Uh, and again, as I said earlier, if I was going to have a dark horse bet or a value bet, I think, as you said, the Sharks, I agree, they're overs at $15. Yeah, massively. Uh, and for me, um, I think he's the Dragons. I think they're potentially uh, a side which could possibly make the semi finals. And, you know, once you get there, who knows what happens. So, um, yeah, the, if I was going to have. We're going to have a bet on three teams at, at the different uh, brackets of odds. You know, obviously, out of the favourites, I like the Cowboys. Out of the middle-ranked sides, I like the Sharks. And out of the back-ended sides, I like the Dragons at the odds. Yeah, well, they're the, probably the two I've got. I was, like I said, very lucky yesterday. As soon as I saw the Cowboys named, not a minute later, I went straight on the odds because they started at 11. 
Uh, then they were nine once the side got named, and they've been smashed into favoritism at five. So I got them at nine dollars. Uh, if they were to lose, I'd be pretty disappointed. Let's put it that way. Well, but... that's uh, that's good for you, mate, because uh, I haven't seen or been on a betting app since December twenty twenty two, the day before I left. I can't I can't see any of us over here. It's a bloody nanny state in America. Yeah, you very. The word gambling, and they all freak out. I can't believe it. Yeah, well, it's very surprising. But I can't I'll... believe it. I, yeah, unbelievable. So I've, I've been betting obviously vicariously through you, but not as much as I would be if I was at home and pumping some money through my account on a Saturday. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to we'll talk off air and uh, I'll get you to put a couple on for me. But um, yeah, they're the ones that, that I like. Uh, we're going to go over the, the kids to watch. I know we've we've probably highlighted them, but. I had three written down in order. I had number one, Nick Kotrick, number two, Corey Waddell, and number three, Tyrell Fuimana. If I'm going to highlight three that I think could potentially break out, yep. did you have three that you, you thought could potentially do obviously like a Bevan French or something like that? Well, I had, I, had, I had players to watch more from the sides that I think would advance, but the standouts for the whole tournament, I think Callum Ponga, Bevan French, Milford, Corey Norman and Jack Bird have been awesome the whole way through, but Jack Bird and Norman in particular, but I think they're fairly easy. As far as kids, all those Panthers kids you mentioned, Tyra May, to me, and again, I, I get frustrated when people, for some reason, go, oh, he's not a 5'8". You have no idea about rugby league if you don't think he can play 5'8". I like Tamare Martin for Penrith, and I don't want to talk about this too much now and get off subject, but when we do talk about our previews, if he is too slight and struggles physically again this year, I'd have no qualm putting Tyron May in first grade to play number six next to Nathan Cleary. I honestly think you could build your future around those two and a half. So uh, I have a very high yeah. opinion of Tyron May. But Nick Kotrick, Jai Field, he's very light at the moment, but he can move. They are all scared of him there. Uh, he needs to put some weight on, but they've got some hopes for him down there at the Dragons. Joseph Manu's had a, a small taste. And Addo Carr, I just want to see run again. So Yeah, so if you had to pick, three players to make team of the tournament, who would they be? I've got, I'll give you my three, I've got Michael Morgan, and this is in order. Mick Morgan, I think he's going to be the player, probably outside of Talmalolo and Thurston. I think that can do the most damage. I just like his running game. He's got a lot of speed. Uh, I think he's going to be a standout. Corey Norman, as you highlighted, uh, he was a player for me that I picked for Dalian Player of the Year last year at massive odds. and He, he would have close he, to he got very close. He's a, yeah... If he wasn't a bonehead, he was paying $51 odd dollars. So, uh, and the other one is Jack Bird. I like his running game. I think he's a super talent. Again, another off-season. He's won a comp. Uh, I think this style and format of, of game is going to suit him, and I just like him to develop even further this year. So they're the three, Mick Morgan, Corey Norman, and Jack Bird. I think they're my top three to make the team of the tournament. Well, the edgy one you have there, and I really like, and people, again, may not understand the concept, but I really like Michael Morgan in the third A-man game. He kind of runs that overs kind of drift line where he gets the back row second-guessing, gets the centre to bite in. If they don't, he runs straight through the hole just because he can get outside his man. But in a nine-man game, he's going to find even more opportunity just to simply drift sideways. Uh, he seems to be able to find his way through a seam. So I can see where you're coming from. I've got Norman... Bird, and then it would have been easy to probably say French or Milford, but I think Ponga. I think Ponga's going to have a really, really good time in this format, breaking ankles with that mean sidestep. Well, Ponga, Ponga looks like French, doesn't he? Last year, like if you're going to compare two two sort of guys, he's a fullback, young, wiry, playing in a strong side with good halves. So yeah. he fits the that sort of bill of the uh, uh, 
you know, that type of runner heading into this sort of race. So. Yeah. The big difference, I don't think the top speed is as good, but the footwork is lethal off both feet, and he's probably a better ball player than Bevan French. Yeah. So he'll definitely enjoy this format. And like I said, there's a lot of kids for you to look out there. So we have given you all the odds from the pools, thanks to WilliamHill.com, our top two seeds to move through, a full bracket here. Most years we've been pretty close. I think we always end up picking the finalists, but neither of us have actually picked a winner. We've always got at least one in the final, but we've never picked a winner. I went back and had a listen the other day. But out of the pools advancing, usually we're pretty good with that. I think most years we've been six from eight. So uh, I think we'll be pretty close to the money. But both on the Cowboys, they are the favourites with WilliamHill.com at $5. I think at $5 still have a smash of at least 50 I think it's well worth it. So uh, that basically wraps up the nines preview there. So we're looking forward to that this weekend. And we'll quickly finish up. Super Bowl, as we said, if you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, Super Bowl is also up. The New England Patriots, for anyone out there, if you don't want to listen to the NFL stuff, fair call. $1.62, $2.35, the Atlanta Falcons, minus three, is the line. You have the best offense in the league versus technically uh, this is the best defense by the end of the year. But you look at the quarterbacks New England played. I'm not going to lie, they are my team. Uh, but they didn't play any real outstanding quarterbacks, but I also think losing Gronkowski, they had to make some changes. Uh, they've done that, and Deion Lewis coming back in was a massive play before he got injured. He actually hasn't lost wearing a Patriots uniform. We're 16-0 and 0 with Deion Lewis back. I think that's about to change, big boy. Uh, look, I... The, the Patriots, their second best player would be Rob Gronkowski. Uh, their best player, obviously, is the quarterback, and probably their best player that doesn't play is their coach. Their coach is exceptional. Their quarterback is exceptional. Um, few question marks. Their defence, I think their defence is overrated in the sense that they've got those stats because of the teams that have played. Uh, I think your division is pretty piss weak. Um, you know, the Bills aren't real good. The Dolphins, you know... So, so, and who's the other? Who's the other? I can't remember. Jets. Who's the other? Oh, Jets. Who's So, look, I think from that perspective, and I think the AFC, aside from Patriots, is a dog breakfast. Um, so, from that point of view, I like the Falcons because I think they've come out of the stronger conference. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they're the best team. It might just be the stronger conference but you've got the better team. So, you know, for what it's worth, from a competitive standpoint, I think the Falcons are going to have... I don't know whether it's an advantage. They've got an advantage from this season's perspective in that they're going to be battle-hardened. We've probably played, I think you'd agree, that we've probably played stronger sides. We've played teams, you know, much better teams than what you've played. However, the Patriots have been to seven Super Bowls in the last, what, 15 years, 20 years. So... yeah. From that perspective, we've never been there. It's you know, we were eight and eight last year, started five and zero. This year, hot and cold to start, but gone on a nice run of late. Um, so I think it's really, really hard to line up. Like, um, you know, it, it could just be that the Patriots are so good they're making everyone in the AFC look stupid, or it may well be what I what I think or what my eyes are telling me that the NFC is very, very strong and where potentially the best offence ever um, and have just got hot at the right time. I mean, two weeks in this year, I was I was ready to trade Matt Ryan. I 
you know, I was almost off off him. I just saw well, he's, he can't take it to that next level. You know, within three months, we're in a Super Bowl. So, oh. um, it's hard. It's very, very hard. And it's you know, you're either going to go, you're either going to say, look, I'm just going to go with it and try it and test it and um, the consistent, you know, do your job, Melbourne Storm style side like the Patriots are, or you've got to say, look, I'm going to go with the hot side who. You know, I definitely the Falcons. So mm. for me, it feels weird for me because everything in my head says the Patriots. Like if, if I'm going to have a bet on this game and I don't support either team, the Patriots are where I'm going because I like the coach, I like the key position players. Um, you know, from that perspective, and I sort of take that over the hot side any day of the week. But yeah, you know, I do like the position we're in. I, you know, we're lighting upside. So I, and I don't look at the Patriots defence and go, they don't, nothing about the Patriots defence scares me at all. So, um, but on the other hand, nothing about our defence, yeah. like our defence worries me a well, bit as well. So. That's where I was going to come in and say, to be honest, I feel probably more confident than I ever have. And it's not because I think you guys are awful. I think you can score points on us. I think our defence is not overrated in the sense that it's a good team defence. They do a really good job. They've had 26 games, I think, now without letting any rusher get over 90 yards. Uh, they do a very good job in rush stopping, not so much pass protection, especially the middle linebackers. Um, but as, as a group and the coaching side of things, if you're going to tick some boxes, I think coaching, we get the advantage. Quarterback, I like Matt Ryan, but I'm taking Tom Brady every day of the week. But even our running back group, you've got two really good running backs, but we've got Blount, who scored 20 touchdowns, Lewis, who can return kicks, receive out of the backfield uh, and is very, very good since he's back. And we got James White. Um, probably the only real area I think you beat us is in receivers. And again, I'm not really scared by your defense. So I think Tom Brady can move the ball with Hogan, with Edelman. And Martellus Bennett was probably a top five to top ten tight end at Chicago, but he was in a crap side and was still almost having a thousand-yard season. Now he's with Tom Brady. So um, when I look all over the field, the only real thing that scares me about you guys is Maybe your receiving receiving group's better, but I, nothing about your defense scares me. So I think the key number, and it's been brought up, 30 points or less. You've scored 30 points 12 times, uh, plus 30, 12 times this year. They're 12 and 0. Under 30 points, uh, 1 and 5. So I think that's the key number. And you know Belichick's going to double Julio. They're going to try and stop the run. It's going to be hard. There's Taylor yeah, Gabriel. See, that, that, to me, like Matt Ryan's trying touchdown passes to 14. Yeah, you got Taylor Gabriel and a million other blokes to throw to. Green Bay did that as well. Green Bay doubled Julio for the first quarter of the championship game. He didn't have a catch, and before you know it, Mohamed Sanu's got two touchdowns. So, look, Belichick, I I think, I don't think Belichick will double Julio. I think he'll, I think he'll put Malcolm Butler on Julio, and he's just going to try and see how he goes just playing man I don't you can't play zone against Atlanta because we'll chew to pieces we'll find someone open they're going to have to play man and bump and nudge and grab and pull and just do the Seattle sort of style of defense um, because teams have moved the ball on New England when New England are good is when they've got their backs in the end zone and they can sort of play with the ball in front of them um, and that's where Atlanta struggled a little bit so yeah red zone's where it's going to hurt prevent the, uh, if you can prevent the um, you know, make us kick field goals and not touchdowns. That's I think that's where the game's going to be won and lost. But yeah. and I think we, like uh, I again, said, I, I don't know whether I like our I like our defensive line against your offensive line. I don't know people are sort of 
raiding the offensive line and yada, yada, yada. But I don't think they've really played anyone that can rush. And Brady, it's not going to worry Brady, but, you know, I think for us to win, we're going to have to get to him and sack him and get him moving. And, because he's not, he doesn't pass the ball well when he's moved off his spot. And he won't, he won't be moved off the spot until he gets whacked four or five times. That's what's so good about him. Oh, he'll hang him, in. So. He always hangs in. You're not wrong um, about that. Yeah, so I think... Defensively, I like our end. So, and I and I think your offensive line was exposed last year against Denver. I'm not saying we've got rushes like Denver. Nah, but, that's a elite you know, you've defense. Got Vic we've got the leading uh, sacker of the year. You know whether whether that rings true against you know a good opposition. I'm not saying the offensive line for the Pats is bad. I just think that's an area we can expose. Um, other than that, like if you if you can't get to Brady, we can't win. So that we're sort of going to try and get to him and rough him up when we can. We did a good job of getting Darren Rogers, which isn't easy, and he can move. So that gives me some hope. I think, holistically, Rogers at the moment is the best quarterback in the game. Mm. Um, the best quarterback of all time is going to be Brady, no doubt about it. But a hot quarterback at the moment was Rogers, and we made him look like a bit of a bum. So yeah. well, I think the hopefully biggest... we can get Brady off the spot. You know, it's, it's going to be easier... It's harder to shut down Rogers than it is Brady. However, I think the Packers' O line is shit. Um, I, I, think I think the big difference O line is pretty was well, better than Green Bay. So if we can't get through and get him off the spot, and he's he's going to pick us to pieces. So yeah, and the other difference as well, I think a lot of people forget Rogers holds the ball longer than anyone. He's not looking to throw little checkdowns and that. Brady's not going to sit there and keep copping flack if he's under heat. They're just going to get checkdowns, move the football on those short little complete routes. So. On the same yeah, token like that Ryan. they've got Beasley in that. You know what? They're very, very similar quarterbacks. Like, Matt Ryan's finally... He's had a Tom Brady year. Like, he, he has. He's had a Tom Brady year. So, um, he's not going to run. Like, he had a running touchdown last week, but he's, he's as slow as Tom Brady. So, he's not going to... Very similar. You're not going to see running quarterbacks. And the whole big, you know, movement in the in the NFL was that, you know, it's going to be a running quarterback league. You've got Matt Ryan and Tom Brady, two giraffes who can't run, who are playing quarterback in a Super Bowl. So, yeah. Uh, last year, you had Peyton Manning, who was might as well have been in a wheelchair, won a Super Bowl. It's Cam Newton, probably. Yeah, well, defense wins comps. Runner, so, yeah. And I, look, I don't think this is going to ring as true this year. I, you know, it probably will be. The, the better defense will win because I think both offenses are pretty similar. So, uh, on, yeah, our, our receivers, I agree, we're probably better than the receiving court, but I like our running backs more than yours. I, I like our offense as a whole better than yours. I Cole, um, Cole Shanahan, I like. I just, I like Dan Quinn. He's obviously not Bill Belichick, but he might be the next Bill Belichick. You don't, you don't know. So he's done a really good job. He's from Seattle. I think the defense has improved a lot, and they're in with a shot. You know, and no, they got there, so they have to be in with a shot. Who better to who better to beat than New England? You know, like New England are there, and they're pretty much always there, and. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a good game. I, you know, I, I'll be shattered if we lose, but if we're going to lose to anyone, I don't mind losing to New England because usually for the last what, 15 years, it's the team I support to come to the playoffs because my team's never made the playoffs. So um, I'm, I'm used to watching New England. I respect what they do. I think both teams have been you know, over here, obviously, so I'm getting all the media. Both teams are very complimentary of each other. The owners are best friends. Uh, the quarterbacks... Matt Ryan went to Boston College. Uh, Tom Brady is obviously Boston through and through. So there's that line as well. A lot of people, I was saying, a lot of people in Boston 
are actually torn. There's a lot of support for Atlanta in Boston because if most people in Boston, if they don't go for New England, they go for Atlanta because of Matt Ryan. So yeah, well, he's one of their own. Um, They're very uh, yeah, so very you know, tribal from that perspective. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot of uh, mutual respect. There's no grudge in it at all. So I think it'll be a good, clean, fair game. Two very good offenses, two mediocre defenses, one exceptional coach, and one very good offensive coordinator who I think is, you know, you know, everyone was rubbing Chip Kelly's balls about how how much he was going to change the game. But if you look at what Cole Shanahan's done with Atlanta, they we couldn't move the ball, you know, two years ago, and yeah, it looked and... like a basket case under Mike Smith, and now teams can't stop us and. People are saying, oh, you know, it's 30 points or whatever. We've scored, how many times have we scored 30 points? 12 times. That's ridiculous. That's like, yeah. to rack up that many points. We played in the division with Tampa Bay, who were very good. We played in the division with Carolina, who were in the Super Bowl last year. We played the Packers during the season. We played Seattle during the season. So we've had a hard run. Like, we've, we've played, we played um, Denver away, beat Denver away. We're like, we've had a hard run. The only real side we haven't run into is obviously New England. So... And New England haven't ran, ran into Atlanta, and that's why it's going to be so hard um, to get a line through this game. I don't, I don't know how you... You can't get a read through it. Well, I think so. the two things that are easy for me, uh, I think the the overs-unders for the game, I think, was 60 and a half. I'd say over. Yeah, see, so, oh, that's hard. Yeah, well, I'm that's saying... Hard. Look, when, when, it was, when it was Green Bay Atlanta, I would have said 80, I would have said over. Um... Yeah, but yeah, neither, neither of them can stop each other. And I honestly think, again, we don't get enough credit for our offense, and you guys aren't that great defensively. I reckon we'll move up and down the field easily as well. It's going to be who gets yeah, I think stopped. You'll be surprised. I think you'll be surprised by our defense. I think, I think if anyone's going to be surprised on Super Bowl Sunday, it'll be New England by Atlanta's defense. I, if you spoke to me six weeks ago and asked me about our defense, I, I'm our harshest critic, but... What I've seen in the last three or four weeks, I've really liked. So I hope, you know, and when we have played Seattle and played Green Bay, who are two hot sides, and, and we stopped them for the most part. So, uh, look, I, the biggest thing I think with Brady is to try and get him to third. There's many third downs as you can force, the better for us. You know, the more crash we're going to have it, trying to get you guys off the field. Um, and pretty much every time we're on the field, we score. So that's the thing for Atlanta. You know, like if you... If we get you off the field and we get up by 14, and then suddenly, I don't think New England chase well. You probably agree with that. They don't. No, we won't chase well. Chase I agree with that. Well. But I think we'll so be able to. I think that's that's the end game for Atlanta. And we did that to Seattle and we did that to Green Bay and got them both off on tilt a little bit. And I think potentially we can do that to New England. But on the other hand, we could, you know, we could have a series and, you know, throw an intercept or, you know, have a turnover and whatever. And we could be down by 14. Yeah, well, my I big like thing... Us, I, like us, I like us chasing more than you guys, that's for sure. But I don't think... I certainly don't want to be behind a Tom Brady. No, nah, well, I don't think Seattle has a good offense, to be honest, at all. Uh, and Green Bay, by the end, it was just stop the pass. They had no running game, they had no running backs. Jordy Nelson played needled up with his ribs. Aaron Rodgers is exceptional, but you know what's coming. So I think, from this perspective, you're going to have a lot more to defend than Russell Wilson, who, you know, was only really throwing a Doug Baldwin and they were average on the ground with rules. And then on the flip side, yeah. Ty Montgomery's a wide receiver playing running back and he had random receivers to throw to. So in this sense, you got Blount, you got Lewis, you got White, Amendola, uh, not Amendola, sorry, Hogan, Edelman, 
Bennett, New England's got a lot more threats, I think, in the offensive side of things, so they're going to give you different yeah, looks. Yeah, agree, agree. But I, look, I look and go, look, we beat, you guys beat Houston the week we beat Seattle, I think Seattle would lap Houston, and you guys beat Pittsburgh when we beat Green Bay, I think Green Bay would lap Pittsburgh, so but that doesn't doesn't mean anything now, so I, I don't know. And I think the two weeks, having the two weeks is an advantage to New England, not to Atlanta, so I think Atlanta would have liked to have just gone rolled straight out and played the Super Bowl. Um, for New England, they're a little bit older, probably a little bit more bumps and bruises, and you know you've got the best coach, given the best coach two weeks rather than one to prepare. So oh, I think everything sort of offsets. Um, I, I don't know who's going to win. I'm surprised the odds are that far apart. Like I'm surprised about two thirty-five. I think that's that's probably a bit of a slap in the face. Well, um, I don't but, think yeah, I don't think anyone. Maybe. I don't think anyone will really lay money into it, though, until game week comes in case something well, happens. As soon as, as soon as I saw the odds, you betting vicariously through you, you emptied my account on Atlanta. But then I I had the Patriots at 12-1 to 1 at the start of the year, so I don't lose on this game. And, you know, it's a win-win for me. So Yeah, all right. Well, um, yeah, you're obviously going to tip your boys. I'm going to tip my guys, but, you know, that's all through, uh, through heart, not so much head, but... No, if I was going to, if you want me to ask yeah, me through a head. If, if it wasn't Atlanta, if it was Green Bay, I'd still, I'd still probably pick Green Bay just based on the, you know, I just think the NFC is a lot stronger. So I'm just going to back, I'm just going to back what I think is well, right. I and think we would have destroyed just Green Bay. The NFC's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm just going to back what, you know, my eyes have seen all year. I think the NFC is a much stronger conference. Um, and hopefully that rings true. If not, I don't think you disagree that the AFC is a, the weaker conference overall. I just think New England are an ex- exceptional sign and shit conference. So. Oh, they're in a terrible um, conference, but I yeah. think, again, uh, Green Bay was just Rogers at the end. Their defensive unit as well was ordinary. They're terrible compared to us. I think our team defense and the fact that we shut people down on the ground and do a really good job on people's best defenders, I, I think they're underrated in that sense. There's no real standouts Individually, probably Butler, he's a little bit underrated, but as a group, uh, they're very good, and I think our offense is the best offense we've ever had. So, uh, by the year they had Randy I think Moss. It'll be, uh, I think it'll be a close game for that. I don't think, I don't think it's, no, neither side's going to blow one or the other out. I think if anyone was going to blow anyone out, it'd be us blowing you guys out, and that just simply isn't going to happen because, as you said, they're not Seattle and they're not Green Bay, and they're not going to turn it up like those two sides did. So, you know, I was, I was watching today on NFL Network the, the Seattle New England Super Bowl from two years ago, and they got down by two scores in that game at the end of the third, and he came back and won. So, yeah. Um, Four yeah, Super Bowls. Yeah, they're just that sort of side, man. They're, they're like Melbourne. You know, you look at the end of the end of the NRL grand final, there's bloody 10 seconds left, and Melbourne is still trying to beat you. So, I think New England are no different. We're going to have to be very good. To beat you guys, I like our chances, um, and I bloody hope we can win because I'm going to be there, and it'll probably be it'd, if they won, it'd be the best sporting moment I've ever I've ever witnessed live. So yeah, um, but if they don't, if they don't win and your guys win, I'll be, you know, I'm obviously I'm not going to lie, I'll be pissed off, but um, yeah, I'll be happy for you and happy that we got beat by the greatest American sporting team maybe ever. If they win this, they're probably the best. American sporting team ever, I suppose. Well, Tom Brady will have five Super Bowl rings. and He'll be the greatest. Well, he is now. Like, 
if we're measuring it on rings, it's stupid. It's a team sport, not an it's, individual sport. He's the best quarterback ever. It's him and Joe Montana. So, they always argue about, but if he gets a handful of rings, surely. You know, what, if, what if he? What if he threw? What if he threw five touchdowns, no interceptions in this game, and Matt Ryan threw six and no interceptions, and he got beat by Matt Ryan? Are you going to say that he's not the best quarterback because he got beat by Matt Ryan in the best offense maybe ever? That's just a stupid argument. Yeah, it's he's, stupid. He's clearly the best quarterback ever. I think they, they always go on about talent and intent. I think that's all bullshit. You want to talk about mentality, winning, uh, longevity. It's not his fault that Joe Montana was probably a little more athletic and ended up getting injured and shortening his career. Tom Brady is who he is, and he may not have as much talent uh, probably athletically, but he's definitely made up for it being a six-round pick and mental toughness and preparation, all the other sides of things. So uh, I'd take well, all those thing, every day. The worst thing the other uh, 31 clubs did was not pick him, yeah, right. overlook him six times. So... Um, and he's probably got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder that New England didn't draft yeah, him. And he especially does now because of Roger Goodell. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that's going to be another... I heard Roger Goodell's been doing a lot of media this week, obviously, because he has to. And oh, he's been really good. That it's not going to be It's not going to be weird to hand him the trophy. And, you know, he's no a legend. There. Well, maybe, maybe not from you to them, Roger, but I'm telling you, there is from them to you, you oh, idiot. So. Oh, he'll, he'll love it. I think they'll love it if they uh, get that. Yeah, and I think that's another intangible that Atlanta just don't need. We don't need to be playing against, you know, it's like sort of sorry, Atlanta, but we're trying to give the middle finger to Roger. There's a little bit of that floating around this week. I don't, you know, hopefully, I don't think Bill Belichick's going to be in there drumming all the Roger Goodell shit. Oh, but, but I think they don't Tom do Brady, it. deep down, would love to give him the middle finger. Yeah. So I think that's going to be... You know, it might be one percent extra motivation for him, and for a guy like him, he doesn't need any extra motivation. So that worries me a little bit. That whole situation so could backfire on us, and it's had nothing to do with us at all. So yeah, I agree um, with you a hundred percent. But uh, we're probably gibbered for way too long. And that's right. If people didn't want to listen to that, then they could have turned it off. So. Yeah, they could have shut down. If you don't like the NFL, that's just too bad. We both enjoy the NFL. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I'm going, so I'm gonna. I'll post some, hopefully, some photos and some videos and stuff up there. And um, yeah, if people want to flick me messages or get me to answer questions about stuff about the Super Bowl, if they want anything sent through, or if they're interested in, in anything, I know for sure and certainly find you someone that was going to the Super Bowl. Um, I'd be asking them some questions and uh, you know different sort of things. So feel free, um, either yeah, send us a message on our Facebook page and I'll try and get back to everyone and send some photos through or whatever you guys want to want to see because it is I'm in a privileged position of you know not going to deny that so uh, it's going to be really really good and a once in a lifetime opportunity so um, I'm pretty pumped for the game but yeah if you want to ask questions or um, what I post up isn't enough or you want to see different things or whatever I'll, um, I'll do my best to give it give it and get it back to you all right, final prediction. I will be taking the overs at 16 and a half. I'm pretty sure it's changed by now. Uh, and I am going to go New England. I think it will be very, very close. I'm going to say something around the lines of maybe 35 31. Yeah, well, the line, I think the line here is three and a half. So for me, I, you know, I'm comfortable. I'll t- take, if I was going to have a bet, like if they put a gun to my head and said, have a bet, you, you know, your life's on it, I'd take Atlanta plus the three and a half. That means they either win or they lose by a field goal. So, I'd, if New England win, it's going to be close. Um, going to be very, very close because just because we can post points and we're going to be able to hang in there with you guys. So, um, my head, my head says New England. Like everything about the game, as I said, everything about the game sort of tells me New England. But it's my team. Um, 
and I don't know whether it's my heart overriding my head uh, a little bit, but I've really, really liked what I've seen in the last month, um, and I haven't overly liked what I've seen from the Patriots, but who knows? I, I don't know. They're, they're the best side, as I said, the best team in American sports history, so to beat them would be a big thing, and if we do, then we certainly deserve our trophy, so uh, yeah, I'll take Atlanta plus three and a half. I think you you get a dollar ninety, or I think it's two to one over here. So um, if I can find someone to get some money on, I certainly will at that price. So. There you go. Brock's going the Falcons. I'm going the Patriots. Obviously, both our sides, but different reasons there. Uh, we did end up going. Well, for no, that. I'm not. I'm going. I'm going Atlanta with the line. So plus three and a half. So Pats can win. I'm just saying, if Pats win, they win by a field goal. They don't win by a field goal. Oh, it'll be close, no doubt. But I reckon it'll be a very high-scoring game. But you're so I can the... win either way. I can, if the Pats win by three, I still win. Yeah. So I sort of, yeah, I like that because I, I think if New England have got a thing by winning by a last minute, if they win by a last minute field goal, I might go out on the field and just tear the bases to shreds because that'll tear my heart out. But um, I'd almost rather us get flogged and walk out at halftime. Do a oh, forget that. Bit of cider. That's a bad oh, feeling. Wow. Remember sitting with me at the Manly Grand Final? Trust me, that felt uh, a yeah, lot. Like, that felt a lot worse than losing last year. Last year was heartbreaking, but that game was outstanding. But the Manly one, I wanted to shiv myself. Yeah, it's going to be a weird feeling either way because, like, I'm going to like the games at five thirty Houston time, so I'll sort of walk out of there. Then the game starts at six, so and then they have a long halftime, yada yada yada. So I'll probably when it's all said and done, it'll probably be eleven, I'd imagine, American time, and then. Like, if they win, I'm there by myself. So, what, I'm not going to be going to the pub or partying. I, would. Or I don't know anyone there. So Just go join him with um, the Falcons fans. Sort of, yeah, I'm going to get on a bus and go back to Dallas. And then I've got to fly. I don't get back to Dallas till 4 a.m. And then I fly out at 8 p.m. the following night. So, uh, I, I don't know. My emotions would be high either way, like either in disappointment or in excitement. So, yeah, it's going to be that aspect of it is going to be weird. Like, It'd be lucky you watching Melbourne in a grand final by yourself, like that, if that makes any sense. I'd go get drunk if, with the five Melbourne fans at the ground. Yeah, if anyone could think, you think of it like that. Imagine watching your NRL side win by yourself with no, with with no no friend. You're on the other side of the world, like like watching, um, you know, being an English fan watching your NRL side win in Australia and having no friends or family there. So that. That aspect is a little bit weird, and it does feel weird, but it's going to feel weird tomorrow, leaving my wife. We've spent 40 days together, leaving her behind, and then flying to Dallas by myself would be a bit weird in a big, badass country like America, but especially now that Donald Trump's in, let's not even get into that. There's a lot of shit going on over here, but um, yeah, it's going to be a little bit weird, but once-in-a-lifetime thing, and I'm glad I'm going to do it. Um, it'll be hard for probably the four days leading up to it, but um, come game day, it'll be... I'll be buzzing and it'll be a great game and then I'm on, I'm on a plane the next day so I'm um, back home so looking forward to seeing you man looking forward to getting back home and by the time I'm back we'll be uh, ripping into the podcast so looking forward to that uh, footy's not far away so this honeymoon sort of filled in my off season which is awesome I haven't really thought about footy a lot so and you've missed summer we've been absolutely fried over here it's been the hottest summer on record I think January yeah. was just the hottest January we've ever had yeah so I'm glad I've missed that I'll probably put on four or five kilos but you know, a couple of weeks in the gym with UNMG and I'll rip that off me. So, um, yeah, all good, all's, all's well, and uh, I'll um, I'll catch you and all the fans uh, when we get back. Yeah, we've been gone for about 25 minutes on the Super Bowl. Uh, we've That's given right. you everything there. If you don't like it, too bad. You could have shut off a long time ago, but you've also got 
your Auckland Nines preview, all the odds for that, and the Super Bowl brought to you by William Hill. Com. We did our predictions for that. Obviously, we've both got the Cowboys winning the Auckland Nines with Parramatta not too far behind in the final. Sharks, uh, good value at $15. Brock likes the Dragons at $26, so a bit of value there speaking, for everybody. Uh, speaking of the Sharkies, what's going on? I, I Something flashed up on my Facebook, and this shows you how to touch from Australia I am. Ben Barber, what's happening with Ben Barber? Oh, I read today and I only read a bit of Sava. I couldn't tell you because I've been too busy at work. He signed with Toulon to fill in the gap and apparently Greenberg said his suspension will fill not count. Fill in the gap now? Like now? Yeah, but apparently the conditions of the contract, he actually has to serve a ban. So Greenberg saying you can't just run off and play rugby union while you're supposed to okay, be banned so for 12 so, games. So he has to miss 12 games for Toulon? Nah, he has to just not play for too long yeah, if he okay. wants. Otherwise, his band won't start until he gets back. So then he can't play for Cronulla. Yeah, okay. So theoretically, if he came back at round six in the NRL, he won't be able to play until round eighteen. Yeah. yeah so I, that's yeah, okay. I'm guess I'm only saying that because I was flat out the Savo. The, the quick first few lines I read, uh, that was the quote I kind of got. Or the idea that he can't just go play that when they've banned him for twelve games. It defeats the whole purpose. He's making money. Yeah. He's run off somewhere else. The whole point of them letting him re-register is to get welfare and be here in Australia and be taken care of until he's eligible to come back and play. So they're basically saying, no, you can't just duck off and get rewarded uh, playing rugby union, otherwise your suspension won't count. Fair enough. So that's my what my understanding. I haven't read it completely, but that's roughly what I got from a quick look. Well, I've missed a lot. I've missed old Jared Mullen and his drugs case. I missed a few things. Well, so if, that, if he does get found... If he does get found guilty, I doubt Newcastle would be disappointed to shred that $1.3 million and buy someone no, else. I agree. Uh, and I saw something on Penny Terrapol as well. Is it Penny Terrapol that was in strife? Uh, I think he's ref- in breach of contract. Refused to give a breath test. So, yeah, there's been a, a few small things. Uh, James Roberts had a little incident that has now been cleared over. Apparently, no one stepped forward. But again, not a good look for him on the well, drink. he's playing on the weekend, isn't he? So. Well, I think regardless of whether what happened is true or not, it's another incident apparently involving uh, alcohol or an alleged incident with alcohol. It's pretty simple. You're super talented, but you're stupid. So stop drinking. How about that? <laughs> That's right. Like, yeah. just stop and, drinking. And alcohol, James, doesn't make you smarter, champ. Every time he drinks, he gets in trouble. And how many opportunities can you get? He's very lucky this time. Um, but let's put it this way. If he gets done again or anything happens, that'll be the end of him. Mm. So pull, yeah. pull your head in. But uh, like I said, Auckland Nines, all done. Cowboys, both of us, $5 we got there. We've talked about the Super Bowl, both our teams, bit of a split there. Moving on to as far as the run for the season, you've obviously got this preview now. Roughly on the 17th or so, uh, in between the 17th and 20th of February, we release our season preview for all 16 NRL sides and the competition kicking off on March 2nd. We will do a round one preview podcast on the 27th of February, leading in there, all the normal stuff. Uh, we'll preview the games, look at the teams, give our tips for round one, brought to you by WilliamHill.com, and we'll probably have on Mr. Gossip as well. Not much in this time of year, but we'll get his season predictions, MG's season predictions, and we're looking forward to another big year. So now you've got all your information. We will see you guys in a couple of weeks' time to give our previews for the 2017 NRL season. For now, enjoy the Auckland Nines, your first taste of rugby league, and hopefully the Super Bowl if you're a fan like me and Boxhead. Boxhead, I'll see you when you get back from Houston and from everyone out there. Enjoy your week, enjoy your rugby league, and enjoy the NFL. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where are you? What, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 